It's Friday, so that means it's time to answer a ton of questions from our mailbag next on Locked on Royals. You are Locked on Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can give me a follow on Twitter or X at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. You also can find us on wherever you get your podcast. That can be Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, Google Podcast, Odyssey. We're also on YouTube. Just be sure to hit that follow button and subscribe. Today's show is brought to you by Backblaze and also FanDuel. We'll have plenty more on them coming up throughout uh, today's show. If you're a first-time listener, of course, welcome in. We love if we can have first-time listeners for a mailbag segment because it really shows how involved the listener can be on this Locked On Royals channel. But if you want to know more about me, I work in sports here in Kansas City at Sports Radio 810 WHB. Got a show once a week over there. And then Monday through Friday, I got a show on ESPN Kansas City. So if you ever want to get my thoughts on things, that may not always pertain to baseball. You can check me out on those platforms. But when you come here, you know that you are getting 30 straight minutes of Royals baseball, which, of course, is right around the corner. And in fact, in less than 24 hours, I will be wheels up, headed to Surprise, Arizona for about four to five days for tons of content. We're going to be having some interviews, video content. Uh, should be a blast throughout those four days. And can't wait to see a lot of these players for the first time in game action. And then next week, can have a first round of games. So we'll have some games to start recapping in spring training. So very, very exciting times ahead for Kansas City Royals baseball. With it being a Friday, with it being a mailbag Friday, don't want to waste any time. Let's get into some questions. This first one comes from Dustin. You think we go grab a guy like Brad Hand for another left-handed pitcher out of the bullpen, or are we probably done adding? I think he would be a good fit here and not expensive. One-year deal coming off a down season, but has proven to be solid above average uh, bullpen arm in the past. See, here's where I'm at with that final spot in the bullpen. There's a couple of left-handers I know the Royals really like. They want to give Jake Brents another extended look. I think they believe Josh Taylor can provide some value there. I know he wasn't great last year, but he's a mid-90s sinker ball pitcher from the left side. That still has some value, and I don't think he was 100% healthy last year, even when he was pitching. For Kansas City. Then you bring up Daniel Lynch. He's not going to be in the rotation, so he could have a bullpen spot there. Anthony Veneziano could get that spot with a, a very strong spring. And then Sam Long, who they signed to a minor league deal from Oakland uh, this offseason. That would make some sense as well. I just don't know if they're going to add another guy who I don't believe is that much of an upgrade. Uh, Brad Hand certainly had a point in time when he was a great closer, was great in Cleveland. Wasn't that great last year, and I don't think he's been exceptional over the last few years. But it's not a bad name to bring up. I mean, bounce-back deals, minor league deals, they're never going to hurt you in spring training. So it wouldn't shock me if they took a chance on a couple more pitchers through minor league deals. But I just don't know if Brad Hen would be one of those guys to take the final spot in the bullpen. Jason asked this year, uh, or excuse me, he has got a two-parter here. My question is this, I always find a player to root for in spring training, usually a long shot. For example, a couple of years ago, I picked Kyle Zimmer. He had all those injury problems, and he finally came back and made the team. 
Unfortunately, didn't stay long, but it was cool to see. This year, mine is Dan Altavia. Is there a long shot? Um, is there a long shot you might be secretly rooting for? I would probably say, I mean, Dan Altavia is not a bad example. I think I'd probably be rooting for somebody on the pitching side because I think there's more to to gain there. I don't think there'd be a sleeper offensively that would make too much of an impact. But pitching, long shot, I think Tyler Duffy is somebody I'm rooting for. He was really good for Minnesota for a number of years. Not exceptionally great against the Royals, but overall very consistent. He's somebody I'm rooting for. Altavia, if he can get back to his 2022 or or I think it was 2021, that form, 2019 form, really, really firm fastball. That'd be a fun guy to root for. Um, man. I mean, you could always say a long shot like a Christian Chamberlain. Uh, he looked really good in some of his offseason workouts. Some of those guys. I'd probably side with a bullpen arm just because if they make the team, there's a better chance of them to make an impact. But a uh, good question there from Jason. Riley asks, who do you think the funniest Royal is? I think it's Vinny. Yeah, th this one's not going to take me too long. I believe it's Vinny Pasquantino. Um, I would say either him or Michael Massey. Those two guys get along a lot. And from what we've seen, very personable. Uh, Vinny Pasquantino might be the most personable guy on the roster. And I'd imagine if that question was asked to a lot of the players, they would point to Vinny as well. Next question comes from Bear. Is there any concern with the number of concussions that Salvi sustained over the years? Um, I'm sure there is some level of concern, but I mean, Salvi's a guy that's played so banged up before. Um, I can't speak to what he believes in personally, if he's concerned about it post-playing, but I know that throughout his career, he's played banged up a lot of it. And when you are a catcher, unfortunately in baseball, that is a concussion prone uh, position just because, you know, a baseball could bounce off the bat and, and hit you square in the mask. You know, you can, you used to be able to get trucked at home plate that could result in a concussion. So I think it is concerning a little bit, but as for this year, I, I don't think that you know Salvador Perez is going into it worried too much about previous concussions. But yeah, head injuries, they're no joke, and I think that you should take them very seriously. Camden asks, what are the plans for Garrett Hampson this season? I know he was a first he was the first signing, but that signing doesn't make much sense, especially with the addition of Adam Frazier. I believe Garrett Hampson is going to provide a different look. Uh, for the Royals, I think he can bounce around just like Adam Frazier. But I do think Adam Frazier was there to you know, have some competition with Michael Massey, uh, to force Michael Massey to earn that spot on the opening day roster. Garrett Hampson's not taking anybody's spot. He is actually uh, one of their bench bats. Adam Frazier could win the job at second base. I don't see that with Garrett Hampson. And then if both Frazier and Hampson are on the bench, you've got two guys that can play multiple positions. Hampson's super quick. He can provide you value in the base path. And it's a righty-lefty. So to me, it's just wanting a lot of flexibility with their bench bats. And I honestly don't have an issue with it. I know that we would think, hey, you got a super utility guy. Uh, we don't need two of them. Well, if it was two left-handers or two right-handers, that's a different thing. But these are guys that can offset each other. And they can play and relieve a lot of guys in the lineup. So that's what I think Garrett Hampson's role, role is. I think he can play center field, shortstop, second base, third base, really any spot in the outfield. Frazier can do the same, but Garrett Hampson's a little bit more fleet-footed uh, than Frazier is. But good question there. I'm sure a lot of people are thinking about what's next for Garrett Hampson. Jackson asks, I've been noticing Asa Lacey is posting a lot of videos of himself throwing on Instagram. If he has a good spring and, let's say, starts in Northwest Arkansas, how quickly do you think he could go up through the minor leagues? And what are the chances you think he pitches for KC in 2024? I'd imagine if he's healthy he would go to Northwest Arkansas unless they really wanted to slow play it and bump him back down to high A quad cities. 
I think he's at the age though where you got to try him out in Double A. And in terms of how fast he could rise, I don't think there's a need to rush it. If he's healthy, make sure he's healthy. I don't think there's a need, even if he is succeeding, to just bump him up the Triple A and get him to KC by the end of the year. I would put it at less than five percent that he makes it to Kansas City. He really have to tear it up. I would probably argue he has to be the best minor league pitcher for the Royals or just maybe the most serviceable by September call-ups. So I'd imagine they're going to slow play it. I'd imagine they go a little bit slower with him just because he didn't pitch it all last year and he was shut down for injury the year before that. There's no need to uh, ever really rush those guys. But good question coming from Jackson. Max asks, if the new Royal Stadium in the crossroads breaks ground and is built, do you think it would have a crown scoreboard and will it host the MLB All-Star game in the following years? For the All-Star game, yes. If they had a brand new shiny stadium and it was downtown in that location by the next cycle, the Royals got one in 2012, I'd imagine you could look into the 2030s as one of the locations, or they could jump the gun like they did with Globe Life Field, and it was, hey, you got this brand new ballpark, let's start making plans for an All-Star game. So yes, I'd imagine it would be a future All-Star venue uh, once they'd cycled through all the teams that are deserving of an All-Star venue. Um, in terms of the crown vision, I think there will be some scoreboard uh, and, and with a crown on top of it. I don't think it'll be the size of the one that's there now. Um, I know it's going to be disappointing to fans. I just don't think with the way that stadium's going to lay out that a giant scoreboard would be there. Could always be wrong. And renderings are not the final deal. You can always make you know changes to that, reconstructions to that. I don't know, though. I, I don't see that size of a scoreboard in the downtown stadium, but I do think some version of a scoreboard with the crown on top of it, because it's iconic. It's what makes the Royals the Royals. I mean, hell, it's their logo. <laughs> you know, it's a logo that is very, very memorable uh, to a lot of people here in Kansas City. So I'd imagine that crown vision would be you know, somewhat incorporated into the new downtown stadium. All right, we're going to take our first break of the show. When we come back, still plenty of more questions to get into. And we don't want to waste any time on that. You're listening to Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are tuning to Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. And you can always follow me on Twitter. Just catch me there at JohnnyJ underscore 15. And you can find all of our podcasting platforms on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, and Odyssey, and YouTube. Just be sure to hit that follow button and subscribe. Before we go any further, let's give a shout out to one of the new sponsors today, in Backblaze. Backblaze makes backing up and accessing your data astonishingly easy. So here's what you need to go type into that URL. Backblaze.com slash locked on MLB. Very simple. Backblaze.com slash locked on MLB. Unlimited cloud backup for Max PCs and business for just $99 a year. It's also easily protected business. And it can, you know, protect all the data on the machines automatically. You can add on enterprise control because it includes granular access permissions, advanced sign-ons, group management controls, and compliance support. Backblaze also offers multiple restore options, including rapid recovery in the event of data loss or ransomware. So over 55 billion files has been restored for customers. Don't waste any time. As I said, that URL, go and visit backblaze.com slash locked on MLB so they know where you came from and continue to support this show and the Locked On Podcast Network. Again, that is backblaze.com slash locked on MLB. Go there, play with it, and start protecting yourself 
from potential bad times. Go and start today. We got more questions here to get into. And as I said, not wasting any time. This one comes from Captain Harmon Rab Jr. What percentage will Salvi catch, play first base, and DH this year? I would say he is going to catch 75% of the time to 80%. And then I think first base would be around five, and then DHing would be, oh, is that 15? I think that would probably be the split there. Uh, they also could DH him a hell of a lot more than we anticipate. That would also mean Freddie Fermin getting a lot of at-bats at as well. But I'd imagine that you look 75, 80% of the time, Salvi's going to be there behind the plate. 15% of the time, he's going to be DHing. And the other 5 to 10% of the time, he's probably going to be playing first base. But again, I think that's desperation mode. It might even be less than 5% because the Royals are going to have Vinny Pasquantino there. If it's not Vinny, I would think that Hunter Renfro could move over there to play first base. I would love it if Freddie Fermin could learn how to play first base, but that might be putting too much on his plate. So for now, those are kind of the percentages that I would split it up with. Next question is from Casey Preds fan. Do you think Waters and Isbell will battle over the opening day center field spot in, in the spring training this year? Or is that probably locked up by Isbell already? Yeah, I think this is probably locked up by Isbell already. They really love his defense out there. They want to see if that back can come around. And even though Drew Waters might have a bright future, there's no guarantee. The swing and miss is a huge problem. Um, and if he was better offensively, I think he could win that job. I just don't even know if a really good spring for Drew Waters is going to give him the everyday job in center field. They really like Kyle Isbell out there in center. And I can't argue with it, with the defense that he's given you out there. If you can just be a league average bat, as we discussed in yesterday's episode, you are looking at a very, very valuable player there. So to me, it, it feels telling that the Royals have made that decision so early on in the process. But again, good question there from Casey Preds fan. This one comes from RB Carr. I know in your roster projection, you say MJ left field and Velasquez at DH, but defensive metrics and scouts both have the, or, or excuse me, scouts, I both have Nelly as a better defender. Sorry, I got tongue twisted there. How many games do you expect each to get as an outfielder in DH? I'd like to see in a split here until one earns a full-time left field job. I think Nelson Velasquez can be a good outfielder. He's got a good arm. He played right field in the Caribbean series. Here's the thing, though. MJ's got to play left field. I think that MJ Melendez is much more athletic than Nelson Velasquez. And that is something that I am going to value a lot going into spring training. MJ's not a good defender right now because he had to play three different positions last year, and one of them being catcher. So that was a poor management on the Royal side of things. Spending all offseason making him a catcher and then midseason trying to make him an outfielder. Of course, he's going to struggle in that element. To me, I'd like to see MJ out there 90% of the time. I would like Nelson Velasquez to just focus on hitting. Now, if Nelson Velasquez starts struggling at DH, maybe you give him some time in the field to give the confidence of, hey, at least I am helping out somewhere. At least I'm helping out defensively in the outfield. But to me, I don't think they're going to split it 50-50 with Nelson Velasquez Melendez out there. MJ is a very athletic player. He's very athletic. And I would say that at the end of the day, you're going to take the athlete over the guy who may be slightly better, but just not going to translate that well. I don't think Nelson Velasquez is a, is a future left fielder, a future right fielder. I think he's a future DH. 
and he should just focus on hitting. So I'll take the athlete and MJ Melendez 90% of the time over Nelson Velasquez. I'd rather have Nelly DH to begin the year and moving forward for that matter. Next question comes from Jacob. Is there any way to watch Royals games this spring? Look, I'm still trying to do a lot of digging into how we're going to be able to watch those games when the Amazon Prime deal is going to be in place, how much that is. I know that I haven't been able to give much info on that, but it is something I'm constantly looking into. Just haven't seen all the numbers yet. If you found it somewhere, uh, feel free to shoot it over to me or report it yourself. I'll definitely try to retweet that uh, to get your name out there. I just haven't been able to see see much. Now, I've been very busy at work, so it might have slipped uh, through my my information tab. But again, I just, I'd imagine there's going to be a way to watch the ones that are broadcasted. That I am very confident in, whether it's the Bally Sports app or they're going to have the Amazon Prime deal at that point in time. But to me, I think there will be a way to watch the games. It's just not going to be every single one of them, as it's been every single time they've had spring training. You'll get a couple of them uh, that are going to be broadcasted on the Bally Sports app or just on the Bally channel. Dominic asks, how long do you think Jordan Lyles will make it in the rotation? As well, if he goes the distance, how many innings do you think he pitches? Um, I think Jordan Lyles can be there until June or July. If he goes the distance, I'm going to lean toward 170 innings. 160 to 170 innings would be my mark as a fifth starter. You just hope that he can be a little bit better than he was last year. I think the Royals hope they can just kind of rely on him till June. And then if Chris Bubich is ready to go by then... You can make the transition. But I do think Jordan Lyles bounces back just a little bit. I'm not rooting uh, for Jordan Lyles to be there till September. But if he's good enough, hey, he's good enough. And if you're winning games, that's all that really matters to me. Uh, this question comes from Moyer. Does Cole Reagans have a legit chance at a Cy Young? I actually answered that on Twitter. I forgot this was a mailbag question. But right now, the ninth best odds on FanDuel uh, to win the American League Cy Young. That's bonkers to think about, but top 10 odds there. It's a long shot. I don't think he gets it, but he is in the top 10. And for what it's worth, you could throw down $5 on it on FanDuel. And if it turns out to be right, you'll be a very rich man or woman. So, yeah, I'll say it's realistic. Just going to be more of a long shot than anything. Chance asked, how will you be celebrating the resignation of baseball Satan, a.k.a. Robert J. Manfred? Yeah, I am glad to see Robert Manfred's not going to be the commissioner for longer than five years. Uh, he really did not do much to grow the game. He did everything to alienate himself. Uh, he did not appear to please any of the players, the players' union, the fans. I know the commissioners have a tough spot, but Rob Manfred made it really hard on myself. So how I'm going to celebrate it, I am going to buy a 24-pack of beer and go celebrate the downfall of Rob Manfred. But I got at least a half decade before that happens. And the last question Comes from Connor. What are your expectations for Hunter Renfro this upcoming season? I think we'll see kind of a combination of the 2021 and the 2022 and 23 version. Uh, I know that's not a very good prediction for you, but I do think at times we're going to see the very good version of Hunter Renfro. And I think there's going to be times that we see last year's version. Too many strikeouts, not enough walks. Defense is going to be a liability. But then I think we're also going to see times where He's hitting these mammoth, you know, 450-foot home runs, really hitting the ball hard, hitting the gaps. I don't think he's going to have that level of consistency that we saw back in 2021 and 22. There's going to be the downs, but I also believe it was very much an upgrade in right field. So excited to see what Hunter Renfro looks like in spring. He could be one of those guys that really 
uh, pops with that Arizona weather and the ball flies off his bat. We'll see, though. I'll be sure to get a, a pretty good look at him coming up in the next couple days in Surprise, Arizona. All right, before we move on to our final segment, want to give a shout-out to Locked On Sports today. It's here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Find Locked On Sports today now, available on the free Fire TV channels app. When we return, we got three hitters that could break out that was said in an article by Eno Harris of The Athletic. We'll tell you who next on Locked On Royals. You are tuning to Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can give me a follow on Twitter X at JohnnyJ underscore 15. And you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts. We're also on Odyssey and we're on YouTube. Just be sure to hit that follow button and subscribe. Before we go any further, we want to give a shout out to the other title sponsor today in FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel. America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. And March Madness is right around the corner, so start familiarizing yourself with how to bet on basketball. Prop bets is the best way to go. You also can try out their parlay hub. The NBA right now is in full swing. It's hot, and FanDuel is the best spot to start making your bets. So after listening to this podcast, go and create your account today. Well, Eno Harris of The Athletic did a very fascinating article uh, earlier today on some breakout candidates uh, for Major League Baseball. Three Royals found themselves on the list, all three young players, and it was based off their chase percentage on pitches in the zone. You know, guys that have a really good eye at the plate and are able to connect when the ball is actually in the zone. Michael Garcia was one of them. MJ Melendez was the other. And Michael Garcia was the third. And this is what I keep going back to with a lot of the young guys for the Royals lineup this year guys that I expect that are going to pop and with a good spring training can carry that momentum into the regular season. Cause also here's another thing to bring up, you know, MJ Melendez did play a lot of the games in the world baseball classic last year, but again, a little bit of a clunky off season, just like Bobby Wood Jr. Had just like Brady Singer had sometimes the world baseball classic can just mess with you a little bit. You know, Michael Garcia had an entire off season, of continuing to play at a high competition. You know, Nelson Velasquez played in a lot of high competition games. And you look at MJ Melendez, who didn't, but I'm excited to see what he's able to do in spring. I'm excited what all three of those guys are going to look like in spring training. Because at the end of the day, uh, this is a team that's going to need guys like these three to take on a lot of responsibility. You know, yesterday we did a podcast on Cole Reagans. And why I believe we can go ahead and just call him the ace. I think what's funny is that we always believe for young guys that are good. It's just, let's not put the pressure on, right? They don't need the pressure. Let's put it on somebody else. Let's put it on a veteran, right? That's the easy thing to do. Uh, with the rotation, it's like, let's go out there and start Michael Walker. Let's go out there and start Seth Lugo so that we don't need to you know, put the pressure on Cole Reagans to be the one. Or uh, let's not put MJ and the starting line. Let's not put that pressure on him so early. Let's put him in a, a lesser spotlight, if you will. 
to begin the year. Nelson Alaskas, you know, let's let's platoon him a little bit. Let's not expose him from the get-go. And I keep asking myself, why do we assume they can't handle the pressure? Why do we assume that these guys can't, you know, show that they are worth putting them in the lineup every single day? What I kind of keep going back to with a lot of guys like MJ, Velasquez, and Michael Garcia, there's no need to hide these guys from exposure. They either can do it or they can't do it. That's Major League Baseball. There's no future year where I need to say, well, I'm glad we didn't fully expose a Michael Garcia or Nelson Velasquez so early on so that he was ready to go by 2026, 2027. It's a different story if these guys are 21 and 22. But now we're seeing in baseball, 20-year-olds and 21-year-olds and 22-year-olds go out there and shine. Juan Soto maybe is the best example. Young players that can go out there and shine regardless of age. I think we put too much emphasis on it a lot of the times. You know, I saw some people, or at least I talked with some people, it's like, I don't want them saying that Melendez is going to be a breakout candidate or Garcia is going to be a breakout candidate. There are numbers to back up why they're going to be a breakout candidate, or they should be a breakout candidate. There's numbers to back that up. Analytics, sabermetrics, all those things can back it up. But at the end of the day, they got to show out, and they got to show that they can do it. Show out and do it. That's the name of the game. Can't always hide behind somebody else. You got to prove that you are an everyday player. And I have full confidence that at the beginning of the year, these guys are going to get their chance. They're going to get their chance to show if it's just all preseason numbers and all these projections that really we don't need to buy too much into. You know, at the end of the day, the Royals have to know if they can put him out there every single game, or at least the majority of the games, for a full season. Look, the evaluation year is done. All right. The evaluation year is done. But I still want to know if they made this decision to stick with Melendez. Stick with Velasquez, stick with Massey, stick with Isbell. Well, I got to know. I don't want to ease them into a role. Don't need to. Now, I know I'm kind of going off on a tangent. I think it's more so about the rotation, you know, hiding guys. They can't be an opening day starter. They can't be the number one. Let's just make them a number two. What's the difference? What's the difference? I, do? I mean, you're pitching every fifth day. I get there's this, this aura, this energy around being a number one or a starting left fielder or starting center fielder. There's just this different energy to it. But to me, I think guys may surprise you with wanting that pressure. Hey, give me that pressure. I can take it. I want to know if I can handle this. Now, I don't want to take a backseat to anybody. And I'm almost glad that though maybe at times I prefer the Royals to fly under the radar, you don't want a team coming up 106 losses being projected to win a division. I don't think that should be the case. It should be the Twins and the Tigers and the Royals, then Cleveland. Maybe even at times, Cleveland above the Royals. The Royals have to prove they can handle some of these spots, that it's more than just projections. It's more than just guys that are expected to break out. And that is what I want to find out. That is what I'm interested in. I want to see if these guys can handle the pressure. Now, it's about the start of the season. It's new. It's not, and I don't think any Major League Baseball game is a meaningless game. It's the big leagues. But games where you have to go in there and have this mentality of we got to start winning and winning now so we can jump ahead in this division. I want to see how they can handle that pressure. The preseason projections are making me feel excited about this season, but I also want to see it done at the end of the day. 
Okay, before we say goodbye, at least until tomorrow, let's give a shout out one more time to Locked On Sports Today. It's here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Find Locked On Sports Today now, available on the free Fire TV channels app. Tomorrow, we're going to do a quick preview before we take off for Surprise Arizona, some things we're looking for. But until then, you take it easy, Kansas City.